0: welcome to No Direction, your number one source for Pathfinder news, reviews, and interviews. I'm Esther Wallace, and I use she and she pronouns, and I'm here with my co-host Navar Jackson.
1: Hi. Yeah, I'm Navar. I use he, him pronouns, and I am very excited to be here. As you can tell, listener, we are two new voices to you. Surprise. We'll explain some of that, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into it.
1: I guess we should start with who we are. Uh, If you want to go first, who is Esther and why are you here?
0: Thank you so much. I am the host of the Pathfinder 2e actual play podcast, Chromythica. I am the GM of the show, and I have sort of been around the actual play space for a couple of years now. I am disabled, and you can find a lot of my writing about the intersections of disability and the TTRPG space on Twitter. And I'm also, in my professional life, a director of religious education at a Unitarian Universalist church. And I think a Lot about the ways in which spaces of ritual and kind of sacred practice overlap with habits of gaming, so that's kind of what I'm bringing to the show.
1: And I am the host of the Secret Nerd Podcast, which is where I started in podcasting. Uh, Secret Nerd Podcast is an interview podcast where we have discussions with people about their individual experiences in the TTRPG space, with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Through the show, I have met incredible game designers, performers, writers, just fans of the genre. I have gone on journeys of learning about autism through my show and, and so many other things, and it's been a really incredible experience. So that's kind of how it got started. And I'm now also a cast member of a show that isn't out yet, but will be out soon, called An Unwavering Force, which is a Star Wars podcast, but played in Pathfinder 2E system. I've also been just like a really big fan of Pathfinder 2E, and I've talked about it almost every episode of my show, try to convince people to play it. So to be able to talk about it now, dedicated for a show, is uh, something I'm really looking forward to
0: can attest, I have listened to almost every episode of your show and Pathfinder 2E comes up a great deal. So I'm really excited to get to talk about it with you in this forum.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What we're going to kind of do with this episode is just introduce ourselves to y'all and kind of give you some background on who we are, a little bit more than what we already did. So you get an idea of what we're bringing to the table. We'll also outline some of the ways that the show will change and stay the same and some of the things that we're excited about you kind of touched on it but like how did you get into ttrpgs for the people who have never listened to our episode together on the secret podcast
0: yeah, always happy to talk about this. So, I was raised in a super evangelical conservative Christian home, the kind where the satanic panic was absolutely a thing. <laughs> and tabletop RPGs were really sold to me through that culture and through some like teachings of my parents as a tool of Satan, like the devil was going to come get you. Mm-hmm. So one summer I went to a nerd camp and I was hanging out, like taking these dorky, amazing classes with a bunch of other, I don't know, ninth graders. And uh, we were taking a class called The Evolution of Fantasy Literature. As part of that class, our TA, a wonderful guy, shout out to David DeWeese, David decided to DM a session of d It must have been 3.0 or 3.5 for us. Yeah. And I was able to design my own character. We then like combined characters and co-played together, and we... Met a dragon. We fought a lich. It was really awesome. And I ended that session being like, oh my goodness, Dungeons and Dragons is the best thing ever. And a little bit worried like, okay, if this is actually the devil, it doesn't seem like it is, but maybe the devil is fun. (laughs) What's happening? So I I went home. And kept playing. Like these were the days when people would play over AIM chat and we would like roll dice in that system and have little mini campaigns in 3.5. And then I took a little break when I got to college. A lot changed for me then. I came out, I kind of had this total. Revolution of thought and of who I was. And though I was very exposed to tabletop, like a bunch of my good friends played VTM, Vampire the Masquerade, and World of Darkness games, and I'd be invited to sit in on those sometimes, I didn't actually start playing until several years after college when a friend of mine, Justin, invited me to co GM a Pathfinder 1e game. At that point, I learned that system and started playing it and just completely fell in love with the game and started to get a little bit more involved in the space. So that's my tabletop Genesis story.
1: For me, I didn't get to play tabletop games until I was in college. I think I was 19 at the time. And I had a roommate who would just mysteriously leave on a weekend, every other weekend, and he'd be gone for hours. And one time we were just like, where where are you going? <laughs> what is going on? Uh and we were all nerds. So we all like we all read the same fantasy novels together and and he had the books. I just never really looked at them. And he showed me these books for D&D 3.5. And so I was looking at it and seeing like the different characters I could play and I was very excited. And he explained to me the history of 3.0 and 3.5 and 4th edition and Pathfinder First Edition. But because it was like a this was a group of people who played D&D 3.5. They were like, well, Pathfinder is like, you know, the other, the other guy. Anyway, I got to play and I made a shifter, Ranger, as a Lord of the Rings fan as a kid. Ranger has always been like supreme. The, the best class uh, that I can play. I, to this day, I still want to play Ranger all the time. I am currently playing a Ranger. It's just so good. But anyway, so yeah, but back then, like you had to have like a long sword and you have to offset it with the short sword because of the penalties and stuff. it was It was a lot of fun. But I didn't get to play too many sessions because I moved. And then it was probably 10 years before I got to play again. Every time I tried, my friends just weren't into it. Or I like considered getting on roll 20 to just join random groups but I don't really do well with strangers especially online strangers so I that didn't pan out it was it was a lot of weird posts that people would place in order to get people to want to play their game I was not a fan so uh I said no and then I just kept talking about it I was starting to listen to actual play podcasts and my buddy was like oh well our other friend from high school plays D&D and d Maybe we can get him to play. So then we started talking. I convinced him to come to the house and like make characters because we were going to play for another person. And while he was at the house, I was like, how about you just like GM a quick little scenario, just like something, just so I can like get the idea of playing this. And so he did. And then that week, I created a campaign setting. And I called him and I was like, hey, so I created this campaign setting. What if you ran the game and I just like, we, you and I like built the world together. I started with that. And that was, that was still fifth edition of D&D at that point. And then we played for a while. I started to learn how to GM. And then I got the Pathfinder 2E edition books for Christmas and never looked back.
0: I was going to ask you what your first experience playing Pathfinder 2E was like.
1: It was really cool. So, of course, it was a learning experience because the rules for 2E, as the listeners know, are much different than than 5E. I don't think that they're hard to learn. I just think it's, it's a different thing when you're created a mindset of like, this is the rules I'm following. But that said, I had to not only learn the rules, but I had to learn the rules to run them for my friend. At the time... The friends that we were playing D and D, we we stopped playing D and D partially because I got the books for Pathfinder, partially because we were all just so busy. I said I'm going to run the game just for you, and I will just figure out how to make it work so that you can still have like a balanced fun. So I let him start at second level. I've always like as a GM thought of like you know general like soldiers, like I never wanted them to be the same the same level or the same power as a player because to me it's like. If you're the hero of the story, 10 soldiers might be a challenging fight, but it shouldn't be something that's like deadly. So I created all these different things. And then our other friend, she wanted to start playing again. The second session, she came and joined. So then I had two players, which was a lot of fun. And yeah, it was really cool. I I built a scenario in the Moinge Expanse. This was before the Moinge Expanse book actually came out. The resources on this were so limited. It was really bad. I really wanted to use the Songo halflings. There was almost no information about them. And so I used like stuff that was on the wiki, which was very limited. And I ended up just making a lot of decisions about like how things would be. Like My buddy wanted to be a druid. And I was like, okay, well, this is how a druid is going to work in the Moeg expanse in the civilization of the Songo halflings. My other friend, she wanted to be like an alchemist that was from a different country that came to like just find herbs. So that was kind of easy to fit in. They encountered people who were like trying to recolonize the area and they they started taking them out and then they had to go fight some boggards because they kidnapped somebody else. They used stealth instead of fighting. So it was a lot of fun. A lot of like I planned it to go this way and it didn't go this way. And then it was only a short few months after that that the Moinga Expanse came out. I called my local friendly gaming store and I said, Please hold this book for me. I will pick this up as soon as I'm done at work. And I went and got it, and uh, I realized that I was pretty close on a lot of things, which is cool. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I really, I really love GMing Pathfinder Two e Like it's so much fun. The options, the ways that you can like incorporate stuff from the players' character sheets, the monsters, and the setting. Versus all you, of the how above. Yeah,
0: all of the above. I love how many similarities I hear in your style and mine as you're telling this story. The willingness to be flexible with the lore and like paint in the mm-hmm. blank spaces and really make it your own. And yeah. then starting at level two, I, I love doing that as a practice. Like mm-hmm. if you've been existing in this world for a while and you have some depth in your backstory, to me, it's a natural extension of that. Love yeah. it. So my first experience was after we sort of, we played a Pathfinder 1E campaign that I co-GM'd. And I have to admit, 1E was a struggle for me to learn. Mm-hmm. I am not always the most mathematically inclined person and the one page flow chart sheet for how to grapple someone really almost defeated me. It's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> first yeah. edition,
1: yeah, I'm glad that they took that stuff out. The yeah. Combat, what is it called? CMB and CMD? Mm, My old friends. (laughs) Yes. so glad it's gone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same. So, Tui was coming out, and this same friend, Justin, who is now a cast member of Chromithica, Justin pitched to me and a couple other people, like a short-term, let's play in this system and see how it goes campaign. And I was pretty resistant. I was like, I just learned this really hard-for-me system that you pitched to me, and now you're telling me I got to learn the second edition? And basically, the minute I started making a character in my character sheet, I was like, "Oh, I really like this." Yeah. And I made a half-orc champion. Uh, she was a lawful good champion, and I had so much fun playing in that class. I was not expecting to, but retributive strike. Ooh. Yeah. it really spoke to me. So I had been talking with some friends for a while about doing a long-term campaign that I would and potentially streaming it. And Pathfinder 2E was such an easy decision for me. It was just a beautiful, elegantly designed system. And I I love, and I think we'll get to this in our conversation. I love the ways in which Pathfinder 2E really takes experiences, player experiences, writer and designer experiences that have more often been on the margins of game design and really begins to bring them to the center and i'm all about that as i know you are so it really really resonated with me
1: yeah yeah absolutely like i think having the movie expanse when that book came out was like that was such an incredible experience as a as a player as a gm as a reader to see like yeah we got all of these incredible black authors to write this stuff And to like take care the way that they worked in the use of like not exotifying the setting and the people in it and how to like be an explorer in a place like this, which is like it's so important for people who don't come from marginalized cultures to like read that and understand this is a way that you can do this respectfully, which I think is incredible. I really love that. When I was playing D and d, I always made a homebrew world. The Forgotten Realms has never really spoken to me Pathfinder Two e is different in that I almost always use Galarian and the morning Expense as like the primary source so like I wrote a, a small like one shot adventure that's available on Pathfinder Infinite and that's set in Keepway. and i've Done multiple like one shots for the show and and for home games and those have all been set in the money expense as well the other really cool thing is like the spaces that it still leaves like vague so like we explored vidrian and it says like there's a council and there's a couple there's like three council members that are on there and i was like okay well i want more people on this council so part of like joining the TTRPG space i became very aware of like how people who are disabled are left out of the conversation a lot in teach RPGs. So as my players went to the council building, they had to go up a ramp. One of the council members uses a wheelchair, and so like I wanted to make it like all like very accessible. I think I actually had one counselor was deaf and had a translator with them signing to hold the conversation for them. So yeah, it was. I mean things like that. Like because it was vague in that there aren't there is this council. Here's just a few people. I then felt like, cool, now I can go in and put in these other people and you know, create space for other people to be represented in a game. Even if it's a home game, I still think it's super important.
0: Absolutely. I love a good disability rep and a good accessibility <laughs> yeah. rep. That ramp is amazing. It really brings home to me the point that I think is, is so critical about this system, that it's a great foundation and you can add things to that foundation and paint in around the Mm -hmm. edges and and increase the picture, or you can subtract things as necessary. And the underlying system itself lets you toy around with the setting like that. And for me, as you know, I am very liberal about subtracting things when I don't necessarily vibe with them. And I don't feel like Tui the system has ever punished me for changing something in Galarian. And I love that.
1: It's been a lot of fun to play with. And I think like the ways in which we continue to get more setting material, right? Like the Mojonga Expanse is probably my favorite, but there have been others that have come out. You know, we have the City of Absalom. Impossible Lands is something that you and I are very excited to talk about, which is a more recent one. I have made predictions on my show about things that I think are coming in the future. There's a lot of glaring to explore still in setting books, and I'm, I'm excited to see what else pops up in the near future.
0: Same, very much the same.
1: I mean, what else are you excited for? So, what's really cool about this, about you and I being the new co-hosts of the show in this time, is that the TTRPG space is kind of in a big transition, and there are more and more people coming over to Pathfinder. We talked a little bit about like the things that excite us so far that we've done, but like, what are some things that are that you're excited about from Paizo, from Pathfinder, from you know the teacher rpg space in as a whole.
0: Oh, I love this question. I am firstly really excited that so many folks are trying Pathfinder 2e for the first time. Mm-hmm. If that is what is bringing you to this show, if you like typed into your search engine Pathfinder show reviews and you got here, welcome. welcome we are so man. excited to have you. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a wonderful opportunity to ensure that those who are often forgotten about in this space or made to feel that we don't belong or that we're on the margins are welcome here, are centered here, are really treated with respect and admiration. And you and I are really about that. So I'm excited to continue the spirit of that with this show and really commit to that as a co-host. I am personally really excited about the new Harrow deck coming out. Mm -hmm. I am a big lover of fortune and cards and playing with that a bit in real life. So the opportunities in a magical world in fiction where I can tinker with the gods influencing things are just divine, (laughs) not to make a bad pun. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm I'm so excited for that. And I am personally. Really excited to play around with a setting and maybe a campaign in the from the Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I oh. am often not a big horror or undeath person, but I read that book and I was like, "Oh, I am ready. Yeah. I'm ready to take it on, so that's on the horizon in my future,
1: yeah, definitely I agree with the things that you said. Like I mentioned, the Impossible Lands is really cool. So the the Mojengi Expanse, for people who don't know that much about Galarian, like Mojengi Expanse is part of the continent that is like the fantasy Africa, but it's only part of it. And so there's other parts of it, and the other parts of it are covered in Impossible Lands. And so I'm very excited to dig into that because it takes a lot of the rest of that area as well as Egypt and South Asia and Southwest Asia. And so, yeah, I think it's it's going to be really exciting to dig into that. I love all the new classes that are coming out. I currently am... This isn't too much of this weather. In a game, I'm currently playing a psychic. And oh my God, it's so good. It makes you feel like if you're a big fan of like telekinesis, in any sort of media. They really did a great job with the design to make you feel like that kind of a of a hero, that kind of a character. So I really really love that. I love mysteries and horror. So book of the dead, the dark archives. I will be pulling a lot of material from that for both home games and for things that I write because it's just a joy. But yeah, there's still like there are still classes like classes from Pathfinder first edition that haven't come out yet that i hope to see or hope to see a version of primarily the slayer that's the big one that i'm waiting for which is like a like a ranger rogue mix once that comes out i will i will be asking repeatedly for somebody to run a game for me so i can do this. i can play a slayer
0: That's going to be amazing. I am looking forward to the kineticist dropping. Mm, Very excited about that. And there are still so many classes that I have not gotten to play as a player. My first long-term character was a ranger. Shout out to what you said about loving rangers. The 2 version of a ranger is amazing. Highly recommend. So I'm excited about maybe playing a kineticist. I would love to play a caster one day, like a bard or a wizard maybe, because I haven't really played a traditional caster in some time, and I'd have a lot of fun with that. I also really want to play somebody of leshy or eruxy ancestry. Mm -hmm. Those are two that I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting patiently.
1: Yeah, I am playing a sorcerer. Who's multi class as a wizard. So I'm playing the Strength of Thousands Adventure Path, Mm. uh, written by many friends of the show of No Direction. So this was an adventure path. For those who don't know, Quinn Murphy wrote the second book, Quinn Murphy, Friend of No Direction. Quinn Murphy has become like a mentor to me. And so I really, really, really wanted to play the adventure path that he wrote, as well as Michelle Jones. And so my best friend has never ran a game. And he's like, I don't know if I could do it like, homebrew i i really need something to run and i was like okay well this is what you're running since you've decided that that's going to be the thing so i want to play this game and i want you to run it and so i created a null sorcerer i have a little tiny hyena familiar named shuri she has wings sometimes it's really interesting to have like super high charisma and super high intelligence and be in a school in a magic school i love it it's it's a lot of fun I'm excited to see like higher levels how that plays out, but so far it's been it's been really wild I tend to split the party. I like to convince people like we got these tasks and it's timed so like let's just let's split the party I go with the barbarian you <laughs> you two go together we'll be fine I'm sure it'll work out. it almost never works out
0: always split the party always, always.
1: it's better for the narrative I think I do want to say real quick because we talked about potential of so many people coming over to start Pathfinder 2e if you are new to Pathfinder 2e and you've been a D&D 5e player for a long time and you're listening to us talk about rangers and you're like well the 5e ranger isn't great I've got news for you the 2e ranger really 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 is fantastic because of the way that character creation works in Pathfinder 2e like you have so many different options for uh, how you build your character so you can really like make an amazing character that way whether you decide to do archery or animal companion or two swords or there's feats to help you do both it's great play ranger if
0: you're If you're just coming over from 5e or another system and have never played a 2e ranger, I decided to get really funky with my ranger design. I built her as a crossbow build. I'd never used a crossbow before. And I was like, well, this is either really going to work or I'm going to (laughs) have a conversation with my GM about changing this build. Yeah. It really worked. It was so much fun. She was a tank in battle. And if your GM is cool with you using the free archetype system, I multiclassed her as a witch. So she was doing really cool, funky things with spells in battle, but also able to support the party in really neat ways and occasionally be a face. So you can just do so much with social interactions in this game. As well as combat, and I think sometimes people can be a little skeptical of that. Like, isn't it a game built primarily for combat? Maybe so, but as somebody who really uses the system to focus on social scenarios as well, it's great for that too.
1: Yeah, because you, yeah, you get your skill feats and you get general feats, and those they don't have to be something you use in combat. I mean, the ones that are for combat aren't generally like massive things. It's like something else that can add to it, but you get like certain stuff that. Helps you in a social situation, and then find that it now has become important for your story, and that always feels really good when you're actually working with the mechanics that are are there, or there's mechanics there for you to work with in the first place. So, yeah, I uh, I love it. I didn't talk about this, but I do. I really want to play an Anadi, which is the spider people. I have an Anadi Magus built that I haven't got to play yet that I'm super excited for. That's a really fun class.
0: Mm, I would also love to play a person of a naughty ancestry. Yes. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If there is one problem with Pathfinder 2, it it might be, there's so many options, but if you just jump on a builder and start building characters, then you just, it's like, cool. You'll continue to do it until you have so many. Uh, (laughs) You're like, I don't know what to do with this. I need people to to start running these games now. Got them Um, all lined up. Yeah, we got them all lined up. So yeah, I'm super excited. There's a lot of things. And I mean, and basic stuff too. I really want to play like an orc cleric. I have this really dream backstory that I want to play out one day that I've been thinking about for like over a year, but there's so many options and they just keep coming out with stuff. I like to build NPCs for, I do monsters in my fights as GM, but because you don't as a gm you don't generally get to have like your pc character i'm like okay well i'm going to make this npc really really cool so yeah i've got some i got some fun pc characters i like to scare people with monks and monks are also really badass and <laughs> better too
0: yes they are i love as you were saying the diversity of options in this system i think sometimes new folks can come in and be a little overwhelmed and i'm always like wait wait just try making a character and i'll help walk you through it and then so often they're like oh this really clicks these mechanics really make sense to me and i found that to be the case when i first built my characters and yes i love giving npcs juice Mm -hmm. i'm like if i don't get to play I'm going to make this person so memorable. And if they become an ally or an antagonist, it's going to be all the more flavorful and all the more rewarding for y'all.
1: Remind me when An Unwavering Force premieres to talk about the character that I built there. Because he is, it's outrageous. It's kind of min Maxi. It's super cool, but I don't want to talk about it because the show's not out yet. And I would like people to learn about him through the story. As soon as that comes out, just know that I will be spilling on some stuff.
0: I'm looking very forward to that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so in terms of the show itself, if you're a longtime listener slash viewer of No Direction, there will be some changes just to fit mostly into what works best for the two of us as well as for the show's direction. Do you want to go over some of those changes?
0: Yeah. For the first little while, and maybe a long time, we are still (laughs) adjusting as both of our lives are shifting around some in the next several months. We are going to be producing just a podcast version of the show. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe live shows will come back at some point as specials or as more regular specials for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to play around with that. But for now, we're coming to you just in podcast form.
1: Yeah. It'll be every other week, In podcast form, if you want to catch our faces, I guess follow us on Twitter or other social media. Yeah, for the time being, this is what's going to work best for us. I think it's something that you and I have talked about a lot. Is like, how do you, how do you like hold accessibility for yourself as well? And because of just our lives and the busy schedules that we have, and like you mentioned, upcoming changes over the next few months, this is a way that we can provide you with a great show, but also take care of ourselves and not. Burn ourselves (laughs) out—that's in the process.
0: Yeah, we want to bring you the best show that we can, and to do that, I think it's really important we take care of ourselves and give ourselves the time we need to rest and make a great product that we're really proud of and that we hope you really enjoy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In that same vein, we will still be doing interviews with people from Paizo, both employees and freelance writers. We will still be doing reviews of books. And whatever other news comes up, of course, as well as those things come, but uh, very excited to dig into it. We we have plans for some of the next couple of episodes that we are really looking forward to getting into. It's going to be a good time.
0: It's going to be a great time. I would also add to that, we both have, as you may have surmised by this point, deep connections with the actual play community. So I'm also really excited to have folks from the AP groups on the show and really Mm -hmm. get to know some of the stories that are being told out in the world using this system.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a really, really fantastic. I think one of the Things that's always been important for me with the Seagrinder podcast, as I mentioned, is like providing marginalized voices with the platform to talk about their stuff. And I think Pathfinder, especially because it's been the newer system that people are moving towards, like there aren't that many people who fit that description doing Pathfinder 2e stuff as of yet, I know that that's changing. And so I'm really excited to like give more people the chance to talk about those things that they're doing and the shows that they're creating and, and all of these different stuff. Because there's a lot of really, really good media out there, especially for Pathfinder 2E already. And I'm hoping that more people continue to, to make stuff. As inundated as the AP space is, like I still think having more stories out there is such an important thing.
0: I think one thing that you can expect from this show is that we continue to amplify black creators in the space, trans creators, disabled folks, queer folks, like we've said, really folks that are historically marginalized and maybe haven't gotten as much of a chance to talk about their creativity. We're all about that and giving Mm -hmm. folks a platform as this show has done in the past.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This was actually one of the first shows to have me on to talk about stuff. So, a shout out to Michelle and Parham for bringing me on back last year, around this time, actually. Kind of to go back to some of the Pathfinder stuff that we enjoy, do you have, as of yet, a favorite product that Pathfinder has put out?
0: I'm going to have to say that it's either the Lost Omen's Ancestry Guide or the Book of the Dead. Both of those just surprised me in really fun ways. I read through the the ancestry guide and I was like, "Well, now I've got eight more characters lined up to go." Here we are. Yet again, it's just so much good material and now I'm like inspired for juicy backstories. And then the Book of the Dead just really sold me on the idea of an undead character, playing a skeleton who's been raised by a necromancer and like the the drama of that, of maybe yeah. not remembering your past life and walking around as a, a person of bones, like just bones. There's something so appealing to me about that and the ways that you can expand upon what death means in this world or what life and undeath mean.
1: Yeah. Does the Book of the Dead, did that introduce the puppets?
0: Oh, it was either that or maybe the Grand Bazaar, mm. maybe Absalom.
1: Pop-its are. Real,
0: I'm gonna look this real up. Freaky.
1: Anyway, yeah, fantastic. I think, I mean, the Moinga Expense has been clearly the most impactful for me. There's so much good in it, and as much as I enjoy creating my own lore, like reading up on that stuff and having having canonical representation, it's hard to beat. So that's been that's a huge, huge, huge factor for me. Outside of that, there's so many like the the GM's. Guide genuinely has a lot of really cool subsystems and alternative ways of doing things that I've been able to pull from. So I've really enjoyed that. And as a person who really loves cool items, I'm really looking forward to Treasure Vault. It's hard to call it like a favorite now when I haven't like dug into it, but like my buddy bought me the Pathfinder First Edition equipment. What was it? I forget what it's called. But anyway, it has like hundreds and hundreds of items of different equipment, of weapons, armor, Jewelry, magic items, all kinds of stuff. The possibilities of stuffing that stuff into a closed chest is, yeah, it's so much fun to do that.
0: I am such a fan of giving PCs and players cool items. Yes. There's no reason to hold back. They exist. No. They should be played with. I got to thumb through Treasure Vaults and I have not done a deep dive yet, but I am very, very excited about what I'm seeing in there. Yeah.
1: yeah I am definitely a GM who's like, I want you to feel heroic. Like, I want you to do like the cool anime thing and come away from that battle, being like, yes, that was incredible. Finding that good balance of like, this is a challenge and also you're going to have moments to shine is really cool. And a lot of ways that that happens is cool items can really tip the scale.
0: Circling back around, puppets were introduced in the Grand Bazaar. I also just wanted to say something you said got me thinking about the. How Mwangi Expanse is a really, really special book for a number of reasons. And I remember when the cover art dropped and Twitter was so (sighs) jazzed for it and excited. And it really felt like something was shifting in a necessary and beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And I feel that throughout this product line thus far there's been a really really profound shift in the ways that things are designed and thought of and who's included in that process and it really shows in the final project
1: yeah yeah i mean as a overall thing the lost omens books themselves like what they bring has been incredible shout out to luis and his whole team because yeah just knowing that that lore's there that there's more of it coming that there's an effort that's being put forward to like not only just be inclusive like yes like obviously as a black man having that book was incredible for me but also inside the book it's like here's an npc they are gender fluid these are the pronouns that they use and it's like all of this like incredible stuff of not only are we going to be inclusive in one way but we're going to try to be inclusive in as many ways as we can i think having that effort there for those things is is super important when it comes to people coming into the game and not just seeing here's your base characters, everybody uses either he or she. And we never address anybody's like canonical sexuality or whatever. It may be a small thing on paper, but it, it's such a huge thing for people when we're looking at books and we can go, okay, this is really cool. Like I feel represented here or I can I can see how my friends can be represented here and now I can talk to them about this. We can both feel good about playing this game together. So, we kind of flew through a lot of that stuff. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: We did. I was going to (laughs) say, what else do we have to talk about this episode?
1: I guess we'll just say, like, in terms of the show itself, I'm super excited to get to meet a lot of people. I've been very fortunate with my show to have met a number of designers and writers that have worked with. Paizo. But I'm very excited to meet even more people because the list of freelance writers is super long. And there are a ton of amazing internal employees as well who also get to do this stuff. So I really enjoy interviewing people. Obviously, I made a whole show about it. So I really like, I'm excited for that because, you know, to have sort of the connection that No Direction has had, And to be able to continue on with the legacy of bringing in those folks and and talking to them about their work and digging into their work and celebrating their work, I think is going to be a lot of fun for me personally. So I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, I am looking forward to meeting so many people who work at Paizo and with Paizo, Mm -hmm. and also hopefully fans of the show. Like, I'm really excited to find out more about what our fans are hoping for, what topics they are excited to hear us talk about. And, like, please feel welcome to let us know. You can find us both on Twitter, and we'll drop that info at the end of the show. But, like, feel welcome to interact, you know go easy on us but feel (laughs) welcome to interact
1: (laughs) yeah i think that to that end like because of the way that the show is scheduled and and being bi-weekly if there's stuff that comes up that you're curious about our thoughts on or level of excitement or whatever it is i would love to to hear from you you know because i think to the extent that i am a planner i enjoy having stuff planned out for a show just so i know what's coming up next and and it Creates a good structure and a routine, but also as we've seen over just the past two months, or two very long months. February is not even over yet. A lot of things can happen really quickly, and so if you're curious about our thoughts on stuff like that, then I think that that would be great. Like we skimmed over it, but you know the whole OGL business happened and Orc and everything else. It's all kind of said and done now. I think I just want to reinforce like I'm still very excited that people are at least it created a situation where people go okay, well, maybe it's time to look at Pathfinder 2e, and now we get to talk about that.
0: I also want to emphasize that folks can join the No Direction Discord to interact with us there and other folks who love Pathfinder, who know the system, who are new to the system and looking for games. Lots of good stuff happening over there, and I think you can find that link on the website and probably the No Direction social media accounts. <laughs> and yeah, I think this is such A rich and exciting time for the future of Pathfinder 2e. I mean, Paizo selling out of like eight months of product in a month is just an incredible show of interest in the product, in the world, in the company. And I am really, really looking forward to finding out what the next chapter holds. I would also say that you can expect us to try to be as balanced and impartial as we can about this Mm -hmm. system in a lot of ways. I am certainly not someone who shies away from critiquing things that I feel could improve in the system and in the world building and the lore. And I think that if and when we come across something that doesn't sit well or that we have questions about or that we're like, you know, I'm just I'm not sure about that one. We will tell you And you can expect to find that here as well. We both love the system, love the world, and are very respectful and, you know, excited to meet the people who make it. And we also have thoughts that contradict that sometimes.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this that are going, but Paizo, which is a different conversation, right? But like, it is a part of the conversation. And I think it's important to understand that, yeah, we love Pathfinder 2E and it is a great system, but it's still not perfect. So digging into those ways that it can be better and and things like that, like I think, is going to be great. And having the opportunity to talk to people who can actually affect that change, I think will be really good too. We also probably won't see everything. So again, just reinforce like if there's something that you think we should know about or talk about, like I think that's another great reason to reach out via social media or Discord and get our attention about it, so we can look into it and, and come to our own opinions about the same thing. So I'm very excited. I think Pathfinder 2E really ignited the writer in me, the game designer in me, both in like, these are things that I really love that I will now borrow for the games that I create. And also like, this is a thing that I still wish I could do differently. And now I'm going to do this differently in a game that I design. Generally, I'm just excited. Like it's, I think it's a lot of fun to get to do this. I'm, I'm so grateful. To have the opportunity to be here with you, my friend, talking about this stuff. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got to shout you out. One of the things that I am most excited for about this show is that we get to work together. And I was like, I am so, so thrilled that Navar said yes to this (laughs) and that we get to work together in a closer capacity because I've... Like I said, I've listened to almost every episode of The Secret Nerd Podcast, yeah. and I think you've been doing really, really wonderful and important things in the space. You've been having really necessary conversations and fun conversations. I mm. always learn something when listening to you interview people. And so yeah. I'm I'm really excited to keep learning things and hopefully make some good stuff together.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I Hosting a show is great. Co hosting a show, I'm finding it's been a lot of fun. So, (laughs) yes, I am super excited as well. Like, we immediately vibed and I had such a great time. We had our conversation. And yeah, I really just love that we're on the same page about a lot of stuff when it comes to the way that we look at the world and the way that we want our platforms to contribute to the world. And so, yeah, I love this. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: This is going to be so much fun.
1: So I think for next episode, and hopefully this is a promise we keep and (laughs) nothing changes, but what our plan is is to do a review slash interview about the impossible lands, which we mentioned, like we're very excited about, like it's, it's such a gorgeous book. The lore that I've learned about it so far has been so fascinating. So it's very, very excited to dig into that and to get some more perspective on the process of that book.
0: And after that, maybe taking a look at Treasure Vaults. We're yes. going to see about that, but we're definitely excited to review it soon.
1: Yeah. How much can we read? A short amount of time? Yeah, We will find out, as will you. But it is something that definitely will be on the timeline for future episode because we love equipment and exciting items. So we got to mention it.
0: And the book features a dragon, and you know how I feel about dragons. <laughs> yes. There's one I show up.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's That's the key right there. Bring a dragon.
0: So, in conclusion, if people want to get to know us a little better, where can we be found on the internet?
1: Oof. So, pretty much everywhere you can find me at Navar SNP. That's N A V A A R S N P, like Secret Nerd Podcast. That's on Twitter, Hive, all that stuff. I'm not in too many places, but the places I am is there. If you're interested in Secret Nerd Podcast, you can find it wherever you pod. Secret NRD Social on Twitter. Like I mentioned, I'm a part of An Unwavering Force, which is coming out soon. You can find that at Unwavering Force on Twitter. And I also, as it's going on still, I am a co-host of a Last of Us discussion podcast. So we are talking about all of the episodes of The Last of Us HBO show, my friend Indrani and I. So yeah, come listen to that. We get into it. We talk about all of our tears and I watch every episode two to three times before we have a discussion. It's a lot of fun. I guess I'll just will say too, as this is a new introduction thing, if you're curious about the games that i made, I am a massive, massive fan of The Last of Us. So I made a game that to me felt like replicated the feeling of playing that game called The Corrupted. You can find it on navarsnp.itch.io. And yes, it is going to be printed soon. I don't know exactly when this episodes coming out, but it'll be physically printed, but you can still catch the PDF as well. The cover art is beautiful. It was done by my friend Zakia, And yeah, that's it for me. Where can people find you?
0: People can find me all over the internet on social media at dungeon minister, dungeon, and then minister like preacher. I am there on Twitter, Hive, Mastodon, co-host, basically whatever new platforms pop up, I'm camping on the handle, so you can find me there. <laughs> I will likely be tweeting until the bitter end as, you know, a violinist on the deck of that ship. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm primarily there for now. If you are interested in listening to Chromythica, mm. you can find us all over the internet at Chromythica and at www.chromythica.com, and that's our handle Chromythica and all the podcast apps and yeah that's us and you can also find my games at oakgrovegames.itch.io i right now just have one out and it's called front porch a world building game about gossip and it's about the ways that gossip can build up a world and inform how we talk about each other and relate to each other and the like complex process of social bonds and building social worlds and there are more to come hopefully this year so camp out there and see what else I, I churn out eventually. And yeah, I think that's it for me.
1: Yeah, that's it. Successful introduction. Thank you all for listening. And yeah, I'm excited to hear from folks as we continue this on
0: same you can also follow no direction at no direction on twitter and mastodon we're also on youtube and as i mentioned earlier the discord channel that you can hop on and we look really really forward to interacting with all of you in those places as well
1: yeah incredible well that's it
0: that's it thanks navar i'm so excited to do this thanks listeners
1: yeah thank you